Drop. There's the rare right. and the legendary. I didn't even look at the second one. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be minus EV anyway. <laughs> Story of my life. Did you see my NFL all day pack? Did you see what I got? How come you're in there? I got the beta testing. I got it. It's my pack, I know we're live. You, you guys will appreciate this. All right. I got, this is a $50 pack. All right. The, the, the premium one was like $250. This is a $50 pack. Uh, I missed the cue on this on the legendary one. I had Russell Gage, Laquan Treadwell, and Teron Matthew. I mean, two or three are two of my favorite players. Just, no. shit. Just <laughs> shit, man. Uh, anyway, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome NFL strategy show. This is Tuesday night football. Okay. We're not going to come at you with uh, Sunday week 16 yet. There was some strange titling issues. It happens. We fixed it. Tyler got it under control here. Uh, we, this show every week is scheduled. So in advance, the titling's done in advance. So if you're coming in here and you're expecting week 16, this is Tuesday night football. Uh, so we had, this was an impromptu show. We didn't intend on doing this, but ever since those games got moved because teams can't control their stuff uh, and well, because of all this other nonsense. We're talking two game Tuesday night football, and I'm happy. I'm happy to have two games. The only thing that sucks is they're both at the same time. But anyway, let's dive into it. Spencer, thank you. I am feeling better. I'm not 100%, but I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm Dave Lockhart at Lafayette underscore D on Twitter. For those of you podcast listeners, it's L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D, along with Ben Raza at Jazz Raz DFS and Jordan Vanek at Jordan Vanek DFS. I'm not the only one feeling less than 100% today, but you're with us, man. You are, you are you're a strong fella hanging out. You didn't want to miss this show. No, it's the first time we get to, you know, do a strategy show with all the data in front of us together. This is, uh, this is a good one. I mean, your Eagles get to play tonight. I'm sure you're so happy this game's on Tuesday so you can look right into it. I'm sure you're not upset that this game got moved from Sunday. It's cool that it's Tuesday, but the, the Eagles objectively got screwed. I agree. I agree to that. I don't know. The NFL, the whole rule and all this nonsense, like either test everybody or as you would say, don't, don't test everybody. <laughs> test them if they're symptomatic, man. Listen, people <laughs> are coming around. People are coming around the Laffy's way of thinking and I can appreciate it. Ben, what's good, brother? How are you feeling today? I feel great. I'm definitely the healthiest of the trio <laughs> here. No doubt about it. Uh, Things are good. I'm in a knock on wood, a really good groove, more on the betting side than anything else. Hit that same game parlay that we did on awesome odds yesterday for the VOD doing a little work in college basketball. So I'm excited. We get two more games here. It's always nice uh, when you're feeling good to get more and more NFL on the plate. Do you have some action on this one? So these games are obviously it's difficult. We're going to get into it. I'm very interested to see what you guys have to say, just because it's hard to you, you can see who's missing, but you've never had a situation where teams are missing like full units. Like yesterday, for example, they're like, oh, the Bears are without their secondary. Like, <laughs> what? What does that mean? I mean, it's really hard to do that. Uh, but we've got some good looks here. You know, Eagles six and a half point favorite, Rams seven point favorite. Pretty interesting slate to break down, even with two games. And you know, I bet the Bears, I took the seven yesterday. <laughs> Look, I wasn't wrong, but I mean, I was wrong because they, they didn't cover. But not wrong about the fact that the Vikings just aren't a very good football team either. You had your chances and then some, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, the Mooney, the Mooney one, you and the three of us talked about it before the show. Refs kind of copped that one out. Uh, looked like he was in. You said he might have bobbled it at the end. But they had, they had multiple opportunities towards the goal line that they just failed to convert. And then they scored. I would have at least pushed, but they never kicked an extra point. If you saw that. I did see it. Uh, yeah, it was a tough scene. Like I said, I mean, it felt like the Bears <laughs> had five drives in a row where they got down there and then they just downs occurred. So, you know, they were going for it a lot. And it was hard to say that wasn't the right side. I didn't bet that game, but tough game to not cover. Matt Riley, you best believe I would have been saying this well before I ever had COVID. All right, pal. Ben, ben knows this. So all but too well. <laughs> I take it seriously. I'm not saying that. Justine and I, we're, we're doing COVID tests before we go see anybody on, on Christmas. I think that's the prudent, right, and safe thing to Smart. do, going around family, right? You know what I mean? But, um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't take a test before I come into work every day. <laughs> now I'm just now I'm just trying to to raise some eyebrows. I'm kidding. Look, let's not get antagonistic here. We're here to talk football. I just don't want the league to end. The NHL just took a week off. I know. Saw that much. And uh, I don't know what's going on with the NBA. It's all right. We'll keep everybody safe. Everybody will be okay. And um, we'll talk a little NFL today. uh, Tuesday night football, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington football team, LA Rams, Seattle Seahawks. We'll go position by position as we usually do. The the good thing, let me ask you this though, Jordan. And this is what sucked yesterday when we did this show, Makajeski and I did it. It's like, after the show is over, you start getting all this news rolling in. So we got to play the contingency roles here and, and see if we can figure out what happens if this guy's in or this guy's out. But um, is is there still a chance that, that Taylor Heineke plays today? I believe with the new rules there is, if he tests negative and he hasn't shown any symptoms, but I'm not 100% sure. But to be honest... I'm not really that like afraid of Garrett Gilbert being the starting quarterback for a football team because he did start last year for Dallas and they took a 13-0 lead against the Steelers. And that was when the Steelers defense was healthy. And actually they were eight and zero at the time. So like, I'm not really afraid of Garrett Gilbert. He went 21 of 38 for 243. He ran for 28 yards. I'm not sure I'm treating Garrett Gilbert as, as much of a downgrade as from Heineke as people kind of anticipate. You might be right. Taylor Heineke is just not that good. I mean, Ben said yesterday, right, Ben, that Nick Mullins wasn't a big downgrade from Baker. Nick Mullins actually played pretty well. It was fine. I think the one difference that I'm going to look at, maybe in overall, you know, chances for Washington to win the game, it's not that big a deal. But I do think on a fantasy angle, there are some things, particularly with the somewhat rushing upside that Heineke brings. I think he's a better fantasy scorer. Then where like Baker and Mullins to me are very similar in that regard. Uh, but but I, I'm with Jordan. I don't think it's, oh, if, if this is Garrett Gilbert's game, you know, the Eagles are 100% winning. I don't think that's the case. And I think the spread is already anticipating that that's who's going to be under center. So at six and a half, I think that tells the story in itself. For sure. Now, this spread moved to 12 on, was it yeah. Saturday, right? No, Friday or Saturday. Because I, w- I was talking to Aton, because the guy, I was like, "You're probably they're probably just going to avoid that." I'm assuming they did, because that happened to you and me multiple times last year, where we jumped in on really good spots before they pulled it, and and then uh, once the game got moved, they voided all of our bets. Yeah, I think it's you know situation by situation, but yeah, last year that was the case, particularly with Kansas City when they canceled the game. That was a, uh, yeah. Who were yeah. they? Who were they facing? I believe it was the Chargers, but I don't I don't actually remember. I know it was Kansas City. Um, but yeah, I mean, this spread has jumped like 10 points over the course of a week. But again, Washington is missing. I know everyone's talking about the quarterbacks. There's like 20 other guys that are in or out potentially. And some of them are coming back on Tuesday today, which really helps them. But overall, clearly it's not going to be the same team. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. We love you for helping us out here. If you enjoy the content, you want to see more, only takes a single second to smash that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Alex Baker would be thrilled. We are at 69,000 likes, nearing our way to his coveted 69,420. I'm trying to hit 70K, though, and I think we get there very, very soon. Thanks to you guys hanging out with us every single day of the week. And if you want to join, hit that join down below the thumbs up button. Uh, you, you don't want to? No big deal. You want to? We'd love to have you part of Team Awesome over here. Get the custom emojis, the badges. Uh, you get the free super chats each month, the shout outs, and, and always prioritize your questions along with all of our premium Discord members. So that's it for me. Let's dive into this starting at the quarterback position. Jordan, no. Oh, and I, I should point out too, the only – when we do this show for a main site, we have a run sheet and we do like high price, mid price, low tier, just to, so we can separate them a little bit and, and categorize it. There's the only high price player on this entire slate is Cooper Cup. And if this were another week, you would think surely that Matthew Stafford would be a little bit more expensive than he is, that Jalen Hurts would be a little bit more expensive than he is. But these two guys for me, and correct me if I'm wrong, we will talk tournaments too, where someone like Russell Wilson comes into play. 
But just on an overall expected fantasy points basis, Stafford and Hurts have to be the clear top options, right? Yeah, no, they're definitely the clear top options. Our projections have them much higher than uh, Wilson and Gilbert on just a you know baseline projection. And Stafford throws the ball at such a high rate, especially in the red zone. And then Jalen Hurts just the cheat code for fantasy because of his rushing upside. If you're playing cash, I don't see any reason to get away from Stafford or Hertz. But if, in large field tournaments, with the projected ownership of 15% for Russell Wilson, I have a lot of interest into him just because we don't even have to decide whether it's Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf as of right now. Or you could just be playing DK Metcalf with no Lockett in the lineup and pair him with one of the cheaper options, which we'll get down to later. But I'm not trying – I'd like Gary Gilbert to not make this offense any worse than Heineke did, but no interest in him in these tournaments with no real pay-up options. Brian says Reese's Puffs or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. He's asking Ben, but I'm answering that question. Uh, Go ahead. Reese's Puffs are the greatest thing ever. That's what I said. Okay. I mean, I said I don't like – I'm not a cereal person, I but know. it would be the first one. I love Reese's. I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch too. That's my my. I told you, like, I'm not. A, I, I really cut sugar out, but a bowl of cereal at night. Got to do it before you brush your teeth, though. You get into some trouble otherwise. A bowl of cereal at night, like a Reese's Puffs or a Cinnamon Toast Crunch, maybe a Frosted Flakes. Sometimes go basic with a Special K or something. Can't beat it. Special K. Um, it's actually pretty good. Crispix. I wouldn't know. Really? Not I, a cereal guy at all. When's the last time you ate cereal? 10 years. Wow. Okay, yeah. not me, man. First of all, it's hard to have cereal when you just, like, how would I have it? Because, like, you're not going to go out and order cereal. I don't have cereal in the house right. or milk. So, like, it makes it a lot more difficult. Jordan, if you're, if you're, if you're surprised at what's going on right now, Ben – Ben's three meals a day, this is what he's alluding to, are all ordered out every single day of the week, okay? So he, he, I think he said he tried making eggs during COVID quarantine and almost blew up the house. I'm surprised, but then when realizing Ben, it's not surprising at all. No, it's like that's the- <laughs> it's a fair point, very fair. <laughs> you eat cereal, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, not often, but definitely... I like time time Reese's posts or Reese's are my favorite um, in general, like candy or anything. So their cereal is just fine. Can't go wrong. No. Oh my God. Lols says Apple Jacks is a sleeper. Yeah. Apple Jacks is phenomenal, man. Just can't like the fruity pebbles is a bit too much. There's certain things that are a bit too intense, but and Reese's puffs is they can't go wrong. Oh, that's good. Bobby says my favorite cereal is boofing Adderall. That's, wow. Solid. I mean, you know Bob, Bobby was all over Gabe Davis, so Bobby gets a little—he gets a little longer leash with his antics today. <laughs> to him. He was all over Gabe Davis on Sunday. He nailed that one. All right. Uh, yeah, and and look, everybody knows this cereal is delicious, and and people should eat cereal frequently. But if you don't, Ben, it blows my mind that you would say, "How would I have cereal?" It—that's a thirty-second process, minute tops. That you're not cooking a meal. No, it's not like I couldn't do it, but why? Like I had, instead of having cereal last night, I had a good chicken farm wedge while I watched the game. Like I, I'm like a midnight cereal guy, which is so not good okay. for you. Yeah, I don't do. I don't eat that late at night. Practically you ever. You shouldn't. I've cut that out because you wake up just not feeling great the next day. I already I, don't. I feel already great wake up week. not feeling great, so maybe that's it wouldn't me, matter. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you did drink milk, what percent would it be? Two. I don't. I don't drink milk. Low fat milk. Okay. I'm a one percent. I take occasionally when I'm at the at breakfast. I'll take like a little shot of the the cream. You know, <laughs> just get get you going. You're joking, right? No, no. I, I do that occasionally. <laughs> I yeah. believe it. You're, you and Matt Gajeski just need a show about just the obscure <laughs> things in life that you do. One percent for me. 1%. Give me the low fat milk, not skim, not two. Give me the one percent. All right. I don't know why we got off track there. Blame it on whoever asked you that question. Brian, I guess it was, or brain. Does it say brain or Brian? Mm. It was Brian, right? Yeah, Brian. I hope it's Brian. Right, that's okay. You would call yourself brain. I'm fine with that. All right. Let's talk about the rest of these, Ben. Stafford and Hertz, obviously the top. 
where do you, which one do you like between the two of them? It's just, you can play both of them. And I would, I would suggest you play both of them a lot, but I, I'd really want to know where you're at on Wilson. If his ownership comes in as low as it currently is around 13% on DK. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's pretty easy to talk about this because there's only four and with Russell Wilson, not being popular at all to me, that basically eliminates Garrett Gilbert. Cause all the things that I would do to go to him, Russell Wilson, he kind of captures most of that against the grain different. I'd rather have Russell Wilson than Gilbert. And even if I was building a lot of lineups, the other two, of course, are going to be the top two. I think I'd go to Hertz just because right now it looks like the ankle is going to be a non-issue and he can just make up for so much production. Even if not saying he needs a huge rushing game, even if he has like 40 yards rushing, like that's, that's a full Stafford touchdown. Um, never mind if Hertz scores on the ground. So for me, it would go Hertz, Stafford, Wilson, and then, Obviously, Gilbert would be last. Yeah, Gilbert's got to be last. It's just in large field tournaments, ways to get different today. It's not like Seattle's not going to be owned, right? It's that's not the case on a two-game no. slate with only four teams and one of them with Garrett Gilbert. So it's like three and a half teams, really, Jordan. But I, I, another thing, too, is, is there a potential that Tyler Lockett plays? I don't, I don't know if the he can play. I believe he should be able to. It's just like the, these news. If that happens, I assume Wilson's projections, projected ownership is going to go up, and it's going to be kind of even across. I feel like Stafford will still be the top dog, but I could see Wilson taking a little bit from Hertz and as well from Stafford. I would be less inclined to play Wilson if he starts to mirror Hertz's ownership. Well, that's why this is kind of a mess, though, right, Ben? Like, Lockett was placed on the COVID list on Thursday, so it's possible, but we have really no idea until a little bit later in the day. Hopefully, we'll find out sooner than later. But if you've got guys like Lockett and Metcalf, that opens things up. Or you go with Metcalf and 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 Swain, and then you run it back with, like, Cup and and, and Jefferson or Beckham. I mean, I, I could honestly see going with a – full out mega stack of this second game. And if you went with Wilson, it could make things a whole lot more interesting. Oh, I mean, today realistically is more about lineup construction than who you play. Uh, I, I firmly believe that on a two game slate, kind of like showdown where, you know, you see weird stuff happen. And here, I, I think that with two games, all it takes is one team to get shut out or one team to have some weird thing happen. And it changes the entire course of it. So a team like Seattle, where we, we just have to wait and see. But I, I think all you need to do is just really plan for different scenarios, and then you're covered. If Lockett plays, here's what we do. If Lockett sits, here's what we do. Uh, and then you've got a different a couple of different avenues that you explore from a, a lineup construction standpoint. Yeah, look, at, at this rate, I'm just wondering what value you have in heavily targeting Washington, Philadelphia. And I'm not saying you can't get to some of those options, but – what's the likelihood of that game stack going, you know, heavy on those guys? I know it's a two game slate, so we don't need to get super deep into stacks, but is there, is there really that tournament winning upside with Garrett Gilbert and, and the pass catchers for Washington? I'm assuming your answer might be yes, Jordan, but the likelihood of that seems very low, even though McLaurin's back. No, I, I don't really – again, there's just – there's not many players to pay up for. So I'm assuming in Garrett Gilbert lineups, you're still going to have a ton of salary left over. I think what Garrett Gilbert brings is the fact that, like, Terry McLaurin is very playable to me just because of the fact that I've seen Garrett Gilbert get C.D. Lamb the ball, so I'm getting Amari Cooper the ball with Dallas. He's not great, but with Terry McLaurin's ownership, I think it just makes them more viable as a team because people are kind of coming in and just avoiding Washington as a whole because they could easily get shut out by Philly in this one, especially with uh, their guard, Brandon Sheriff, getting put on the IR, who is one of the all pros in the league. They're down to like their third center. There's a lot not good in Washington. But again, I just think that he's productive enough that you don't have to fade some of their players on the running back tight ends receivers. Washington, this is amazing, Ben. Okay, why have you looked at our top stack tool yet? I haven't. Four games or two games slate, so understandable. What do you think Washington's top stack probability is? 
That's see, I mean, I think that's a little much, but man, it just speaks to what we're talking about. That's why I wanted to ask you about it. The thing about this, and I think Jordan alluded to this. So there's a very real way that Garrett Gilbert has a big time game and like three of his receivers are in the optimal, but you leave so much salary. He still has to raw points outscore Hertz and Stafford. So like, I think there's actually a lot of scenarios where Washington is really useful, but it's just like, Garrett Gilbert's probably not going to give you much on the ground. And if Jalen Hurts has a big game, you might have an optimal lineup where it's like all Washington receivers, but he has to be the actual highest scoring quarterback, most likely, because when you use him, you're not going to be able to use the rest of your salary. So you're not getting any additional points by leaving that money on the table. He actually has to outscore the guys ahead of him. And I think that's a really tough ask tonight, regardless of how they play. So do I. Very much so. And I want to ask you one more thing before we move on to running backs. If you're going with the Jalen Hurts route, right, with with Seattle and the Rams, we know it's Metcalf, Lockett. If he plays, if Lockett doesn't play, you love Metcalf. I I think Freddie Swain becomes a, a very solid value option because despite the very concentrated target share in Seattle this year, he still is the, the wide receiver three, would be the wide receiver two. And it's not like their tight ends are all that imposing either. And then with the Rams, you know exactly what to do with Stafford. Are there any ways you want to get creative with a Jalen Hurts? Uh, with Jalen Hurts, if you're playing him at quarterback? I mean, so from, again, I, I think when you have two games, there's not that many ways to get creative. I think the most creative way to do it would be to just say, there's a non-zero chance that for some reason, all the Eagles touchdowns are Jalen Hurts on the ground. And I'm going to use Jalen Hurts by himself and stack the Washington receivers with him. I know that's not correlated at all, but if you're trying to be different, there's not that much you can do. So I I do think Jalen Hurts is the one wild card. He could capture, he could have a big game and nobody else from the Eagles could get there. And you can't say that about the other quarterbacks. Little COVID toast says, is there a worse quarterback in the NFL than Trevor Lawrence? Is there, well, starter? I don't think he's that bad, but that's no. maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't think he's that bad. I mean, like people are like, oh, you know, Urban gets fired. They're immediately going to fix their offense. Urban got fired like three days ago. <laughs> like It was like a dumb not, narrative for sure. Yeah, it's just, I mean, Daryl Bevel has gotten fired multiple times and never really led a great passing offense. I, I just, they, they ruined uh, his development this year. I'm just interested to see what happens next year. Lawrence is also a rookie, so yeah. you got to give him somewhat of a pass on a poorly coached team with a guy who's kicking his players. Uh, everyone, wow, Cam Newton. Not, you know what it is? Did you see that pass from Cam Newton the other day? That wasn't. That was a bad play call. He, yes, it's a bad pass. I agree. That that play call was awful. Yeah, they're they're not in good shape right now. But no, that was one. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. We'll see. Talk to me next year. Because it's not like just everyone. It's funny because everyone is, adores Justin Fields. Justin Fields hasn't been good. It was, no, he I was mean, just the guy that got uh, slept on in the draft. The Panthers passed on him. So every single every single time he does something, it's like, see, this is why the Panthers should have taken Fields over J.C. Horn. I'm like, Fields would be playing with just as bad as an O-line and a poor coaching staff with us too. Yeah. There's five. Like, I think I could come up with a handful of quarterbacks that I'd think are worse than Lawrence yeah uh, not but look at the whole rookie class this year they, yeah Zach Wilson he's in a whole <laughs> I mean, that guy not even though again I don't think you can judge any of them but yeah Cam to me Big Ben is not playing uh exactly lighting it up but it's tough to judge that stuff obviously it's very very yeah. noisy it doesn't even matter he's a rookie he's young we'll see what happens next year then we can start really drawing conclusions but uh yahoo fantasy before we hit on running backs i didn't even know about this the other day fortunately jordan or tyler one of these guys told me about it as i was doing the read we already you already know that if you sign up for yahoo using uh the 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 script the link in the description or the one that tyler's about to throw in the chat or whoever in chat beats him because that's been the new thing i mean you got guys that have cracked you that have cracked the code when it comes to what's that thing called what's what is it the the bot what's our night bot yeah, people have cracked the Nightbot code, so they're just they're just getting it in there prior to our producers really making them look bad. But if you use that link in the description or in chat, 
and sign up at Yahoo, deposit $10 or more, that's it, and enter a paid contest, well, you get a free month of Awesome o Plus Platinum, $90 value, everything on the site, from ownership projections to top stack tool, boom bust uh, player projections, lineup builder, everything, not just football or basketball, but every single sport and all of our tools, you can use them for Yahoo as well. So that's huge already. You should have already taken advantage of that, especially given that Yahoo was giving you back $10 in site credit. But now, a little Christmas action here, sweetening the pot even further, as if that was even necessary. As part of the 12 days of winning, if you use the promo code XMAS100, X-M-A-S-100, all one word, no spaces, you get $100, up to $100 in a first match deposit bonus as well which you can use in this week's Sunday, $1 million, everyone wins NFL baller contest, only a dollar to enter and $100,000 to first place. So use our tools, get the free month when you sign up using the link, use the promo code as well, Xmas 100, get up to $100, $100 when you sign up and deposit. And I mean, there you go, that's $190 right there that you are just getting it all back. You're getting it all back by depositing $10 and signing up with our link. So if you haven't signed up on Yahoo yet, do that. And I'll say what Ben always says in closing. Yahoo has some insane, insane contest where the management fee, other sites may call it rake, is negative. Like negative 25 management fees. The everyone wins, you're guaranteed to win. It, ben, I, I don't mean to harp on it because it's a read and we actually have to, a show to do, but... The, the difference in min cashing in the Sunday dollar million baller, the $20 one, the million dollar baller, the difference between min cashing that, which pays out 20% and also, or more than 20%, and also gives you two times your entry fee is huge in the long term. I can't even explain how big it is. I mean, the, the real truth of it is if you want to test it out, just play on both sites for a couple of weeks and go back and review where your lineups finished and what happened. And you will quickly see. There's going to be a middle ground where you won't cash on some other sites and you'll still double up your entry on a site like Yahoo. And that's not because of anything besides the fact that the site itself is padding the stats and padding the entry fees with that reverse rake. It is a huge bankroll booster. It's probably not going to happen forever. I mean, who knows what they're going to do, to be honest, but I'm going to try to take advantage as long as it lasts because there's just not much better opportunities in a large field GPP than negative 20% management fees. No doubt. Go to yahoo.com, check it out, or use the link that we have in the description. Get in on that action and use our tools to win some money. All right, Tyler, uh, move us to running back since we never moved us to Yahoo. It's all good, man. Uh, running backs. Jordan, it's ugly, bro. You've got Antonio Gibson, Sonny Michelle is priced up. I guess it was preemptively in the event that Henderson didn't play. And then Miles Sanders, but Kenny Gainwell, Howard, Boston Scott, they're all healthy. Daryl Henderson, and then your new lead back, according to Pete Carroll, who didn't even say he's the new lead back. He says he deserves to be the lead back, which is one of those instances where after the game, when he gets five touches and they go, you said he deserves to be the lead back. And he says, he does. And they say, well, isn't that your decision? And he goes, there was nothing we could do about it today. <laughs> That's just exactly what you expect to happen. What are you doing at running back here in the 5K and up range? I mean, when you look at like the – I always go into projected ownerships on two game slates. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 33%. He's the highest projected running back through the awesome tools. I love Antonio Gibson today. Coming in as lower owned than Sanders and Daryl Henderson. I could see him being utilized more without Kizik in the passing game with Garrett Gilbert starting. And then with the Rams against Seattle, Seattle's given up the most catches to running backs all year. But on top of it, they've given up nine games where a running back has caught, uh, caught six passes. When Henderson has played, he's been much more utilized as a route runner than Sonny Michelle. He ran over 70% of the routes. He got hurt in their first game when they played him, but they both were productive. So I, I think I'll be doing a lot of Antonio Gibson and Daryl Henderson at the top and just take the top two players at the position. Miles Sanders, I know he's fantastic. I just fear of Jalen Hurts taking over his rushing usage in the red zone and just him not getting the 20 carries like he did last time he was out there with Gardner Menchu and some of these other backs like Penny against the Rams. I'm not too much of a fan of with 
how good the Rams defense is. Ben, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, naturally the the ownership correlates to how I feel about these guys. Gibson, you know, his situation is the best of all these backs. And then you've got uh, the Rams side, but, you know, as a healthy favorite at home. The Seattle situation seems like the worst just because of the matchup and whatnot, even with Penny. Then we've got our boy Miles Sanders in there who, you know, seems promising. Obviously, you've got Jalen Hurts. I think the Eagles, again, famous last words, famous last words is right. They they see they strike me as the team with the most variance in a lot of ways, just because of a mobile quarterback. They've got multiple backs. There's a lot of different ways that can happen. So uh, on a slate like this, where you have to do something pretty outrageous, if you're talking about uh, a large field tournament, pretty much anything is in play. If anyone's out there, it's kind of like showdown. Like, I don't think it's crazy to get to backup running backs, combining running backs from one team. All of these strategies are, you know, something you can do on a slate like this, as opposed to a main slate where you'd never do that. I mean, I'm even looking at some of these dirt cheap options and it's ugly, Ben. It's really ugly, but Jordan Howard was getting a lot of work before he got hurt. Does he come back and, and get involved? Jonathan Williams had three goal or three carries inside the 10 last game to, uh, to Antonio Gibson's one. Do they fall behind early? And that happens again. Cause mind you, that was later in the game. Uh, and Jonathan Williams saw all of them, all of the red zone carries on one single drive and also punched it in the end zone. Could that be possible? I, I don't know, but these are the questions we have to ask ourselves along with why is Darius Geis still in the player pool as a player on Washington? I swear to God, <laughs> I was just about to say, wow, look, Darius Geis in the player pool. Forgot that guy existed. Um, it's tough with Washington because you also have Jarrett Patterson there as well. Yeah. So it's just like, it's very hard to think that anyone garners a ton, but again, I, I hate to keep saying it on a two game slate, something fluky could happen and it, it, you get nine points from one of these guys. And it turns out that the permutation is actually very, very useful. So clearly you've got the guys up top. Gibson would be my number one Henderson, Miles Sanders. Those are the guys I want to get to, but so does everybody else. And it, it, there are cheap running backs that are worth playing today. I'm really not that enthusiastic about Gibson. His ownership is kind of low though. Actually, like I'm, 60%. No, I'm sorry. I, I was, we had McKissick ruled in earlier and I hadn't refreshed yet. So that's, oh, that's okay. got, what'd you say, Ben? I thought he would be over 50%. Hold on a second. Oh, even with McKissick out, we still have him around 33%. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That, that's surprising to me. How much of Washington's defensive line is expected back? They got a uh, Jonathan Allen and Mark Burr sweat back. Yep, which is huge. Okay, yeah, it's big. But they did lose Sheriff for their de- for their offensive line, and you guys, obviously, Fletcher Cox and company are pretty damn good on that side of the ball. Yeah, I, I do like Sanders at that price. Henderson against Seattle at that price. But is it wrong to just say at this point you you just have to? It's to some extent you just have to mix and match here. Yeah, no, I mean, I also think that with just looking at the highest price running back is 6K, like, don't worry about salary leftover, like, at all. <laughs> just as long as your line of construction builds to where you make sense, where you have your stack correctly, you have game flow kind of mapped out, just not caring about leaving 3K over if that's what your lineup build looks like. For sure. And where do we have, we have – Gibson projected at 15 and a half DraftKing points. Sanders at 14 and a half. Henderson, we have quite a bit lower than, than both of them, which is kind of interesting. Penny, we don't have very high. So, yeah, we are projecting Gibson the highest, but not far above Miles Sanders. And that's probably why um, – that's probably the reason that you're going to see ownership a little bit different because he's, what, over $1,000 more expensive. But – so, Ben, you said if you're prioritizing, not prioritizing, but if you had to take your number one running back, it, it would still be Gibson here? I think so. Yeah, Just I think default. that's reasonable. I, I wasn't sure how much of it, and COVID toe in chat mentioned that he was benched last game. Yeah, I wasn't sure how much of that was they were playing just as a team very poorly and they fell behind. Because like I said, Jonathan Williams 
and uh, Jarrett Peterson saw Patterson, sorry, saw work in that second half, particularly in the fourth quarter. And, and Williams saw three carries inside the 10. That's significant. I don't think it's rational to assume that will be the case again today. I think if they fall behind early, it's a possibility, but I don't look at it as Gibson has lost his role as the lead back going forward. I think that's a very scare. I, I think that could be a, a, an ill-advised way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, he missed a few blocks on Micah Parsons, but the Cowboys. Isn't just, everybody? Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys defense line when fully healthy, what they can do is unbelievable. Um, they're just able to get after you in a multitude of ways with a guy that is supposed to be a middle linebacker. That's just, you know, playing DM, like it's no, no problem getting 10 sacks, whatever. But this this Eagles front is teams a little bit different, and they are he should be able to just stay on the field. I have no concern in that regard. Jay asked, did Lafay talk about Sanders yet? Briefly, I'll, I'll give you where I'm at on Sanders, and and I'd love for both of you guys to break this backfield down too before we move on to wide receiver. I think it might be the most important spot among all running backs uh, because of what we've seen in recent weeks, who's healthy, and how often they want to run the football. So. I still like Sanders today. I still think he outcarries everybody else. And on a two-game slate as a touchdown favorite, I'm okay with that because he has that break, that game-breaking ability. He hasn't done it much this year, but Sanders can still rip them off once he finds a hole. That's big on a slate like this. I worry, though, that the last game, Sanders had 24 carries, very solid performance despite not getting in the end zone before he got hurt. But Boston Scott, despite being active, was sick, didn't practice all week. They had no intentions of getting him in. Kenny Gainwell saw a little bit, but Jordan Howard was also out. Now that all of these guys are healthy, I think you will see at least Howard get worked in a little bit more. And I don't see Sanders getting to 20 carries. Can he get to 15 and a few targets? Yeah, absolutely. And that's enough for me. But I'm not looking at him as a straight bell cow today. Ben? I think that's reasonable, you know, but again, on a two game slate, he's, he's an incredibly high octane player. He's got, Oh, for sure. So just on that alone, he's always going to be in play. I went to the prop market. I went over to odd shopper because I wanted to see what the books are anticipating. And I know a lot of props are being held because of the nature of the situation, but Miles Sanders has a a prop of 55 and a half rushing yards. We really like the over, I think it's a healthy number in general. So I feel pretty good about him. And again, the opportunity cost, you have to play two running backs. Sometimes you're going to even play three running backs. It, there's just not that many other guys to, to compete with him, even if he's not super effective. Yeah, for sure. Where are you at on uh, this backfield, Jordan? It's the only, like, the big concern with me is the touchdown upside in the red zone. Because you look at Washington, they've given up two touchdowns over 20 yards or 23 and 24 yards this year on the ground. Other than that, every single touchdown's come inside the 10. And with Jordan Howard being back, Jalen Hurts being back, I just worry about his like usage in the red zone because I could see him just not getting a carry in that regard and Jordan Howard and Jalen Hurts taking the red zone usage. That's my only worry for him because he's still very explosive. And it, it's crazy because he's one of the running backs in football that you just wish got 20 touches a game. So, yeah, you're right. Miles Sanders, 75 and a half projected rushing yards is where we have him today. Yeah, well over that prop. Ben. Yeah. Yeah. One of the better values. And I get it. I, I think there's a lot of ways that comes to fruition. It could be a volume thing. Sanders always has the bailout, which is nice. Like he, he could have eight carries today and still get over that number because he's just so electric if he gets in the open field. And, and that is part of the reason why I think he's going to make sense in a lot of different builds tonight. So what is this? What is this odd shopper giveaway we've got going on? I don't, I, I don't even know, to be honest. Tyler, what is, I, I said it yesterday. I, 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 it confuses me, but we're giving stuff away for free, and I want people to get an opportunity to do this. It, okay, so I guess we're all just in the dark here. Well, odd Shopper is, is free, so it's... Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's an Odd Shopper giveaway. We're giving away five free months of Awesome o Plus Platinum. I'm just not sure how. Do you have the link? Do you have the link, Tyler? There should be a link or something in chat. I don't know. Somebody that does the daily marketing, if you're watching this, <laughs> hit, hit me up. Because 
I don't know. It just says be sure to also enter the odd shopper giveaway. And I know there was a link, but I'm not sure what the giveaway is. And I would like to give this stuff away. So I don't know. Give hold on. Let me let me I'm gonna tell you right now. Bear with me, folks. Well, while you do that, can I just quickly talk about college football bowls? Yeah, please. And the this the bowl season promo as well. Yes, absolutely. So I know a couple of games have been played. There's still probably about 40 bowls going on. And, and me, Jordan, and Matt have talked about all of them. We've got content all over the site. We have got a giveaway there and a package and a promo that is bowl season. If you sign up with that, you're going to get 50% off for the entire bowl season. It's going to take you all the way through New Year's, all those games. You get Matt's projections, the whole team, all the write-ups. We've done the YouTube show over on Awesome Odds. So I, I know throughout the day we're getting Tuesday night football for the NFL, but normally today we'd be talking about the bowl games that are going on all day, and that's going to be all the way through the new year. Great, great opportunity. If you have not played college football DFS, it is wild. You can play two quarterbacks. It gets absolutely crazy over there. Definitely worth checking out and using that promo. Absolutely. All one word bowl season. Okay, here it is, Tyler. I gave you the link. All you have to do is enter with your email or Facebook, and you can get a free month of Awesome Plus Platinum. We're giving out five of them, $90 value. It says, check out the odd shopper experience. See, this is what confused me, Ben. I, what, what, I, I, I don't know. You should be going on odd shopper anyway. I'll tell you that much because yeah, it, it's the best place to, to find bets. It takes two seconds and we use it every single day on the shows and for our own betting life. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to get some clarification. That makes no sense to me, but there's free stuff we're giving away. So enter your email address because why not? All right, let's talk about wide receivers here before we do. Actually, yeah, skip over Hall of Fame. It just took me so long to figure out what that was that I'll never have time to get all of this in. So we've got wide receiver Cooper Cup at the top. Jordan, he is by far the most – he's $2,000 more expensive than the next closest player at any position today. Yeah, and he's coming in at 84% owned. And if you want to get unique, this is the, you just fade him and boom, you're there. Uh, I'm not going to bother with that just because he's been phenomenal all year. I believe Seattle is one of the worst teams against receivers. We haven't projected 28 points. The next closest player is Stafford with 22. And then outside of that, it's Metcalf with 18. Cup is in an unbelievable spot and just continues to see such high volume and – I don't see myself getting away from him even at his ownership because it's just he's just the best player in the sleep. I have zero interest in it either, Ben. Maybe if you're trying to get crazy, it's doable. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's impossible to get away from Cooper Cup and and have a solid week, but it's scary fading somebody like him. Yeah, I mean, it always always can work, uh, obviously in the NFL, but there's just so many ways. This is where raw points comes into play. Once again, Cooper cup on a normal slate, you know, that if he has a middling game, it's not going to hurt you. You know, if he has 20 DK points, that's not great at 8,800 because you're saying there's so many other players on a slate like this. Even if he has that type of pedestrian game, you're probably in trouble because of the amount of raw points, depending on what else happens at the wide receiver position. So that is where it's so difficult. Part of the equity for your fade is gone because of how much room he has to still be very pertinent. And if he has a big game, obviously there is no chance that you can win if you don't have him. That's a great point. That's a good point. Yeah. What's the worst game from Cooper cup that kills you on a slate like this? If you have it, that's what I'm saying. It's like, there's a, lot of there's a lot of games during the year where he has like 2x in terms of his salary. And that, that's not great on a main slate. It's not going to get it done here. There's a chance that's still really, really useful because you're going 1v1s against other people, leaving 4K on the table. Cooper Cup probably outscores them raw points wise still. So that, that's where it gets very dangerous to fade him. Yeah, it's a very good point. It is. It makes a lot of sense in that context. That's why when people go, I'll never fade somebody at this ownership or I'll never play someone at this ownership. You have to fade them when they're this high owned. If you're not looking at the big picture and saying, all right, well, what lineup am I building that has the same ceiling, but also, but, but also can, can, or not the same, but can give me a, a higher score. If Cooper cup doesn't hit, 
even if Cooper Cup doesn't hit, you're hoping for an injury here or like a five for 50 game. And it's just very unlikely that that happens. So, yeah, good point. Tyler or Jordan, sorry, what else are you doing with, with McLaurin and Metcalf and these guys? And we'll wait on Tyler Lockett, but if he's out, well, let's play both sides of this, if he's in or if he's out. I mean, if he's in, then it, it becomes very unique with him and Metcalf. I feel like I'm with Ben where I just never get that one right. Um, I <laughs> he, he got targeted a ton in their first matchup, and Russell Wilson missed him on a few deep throws. That was because of the thumb injury. So my lean is uh, Lockett because Jalen Ramsey is back, and we've seen Metcalf versus Ramsey and just how much he's dominated him. Um, Ramsey does play a lot more of the slot this year, and I believe he did that against Seattle the first time around. But Metcalf just hasn't had that many games this year that it feels like he's been super dominant. Um, I think also I'll add to this with the Cooper Cup fading. I think it's got to be a fade where you're getting the maximum amount of Rams, where you can't play Cooper Cup because you have That's Odell. That's a great point. Yeah, Odell, Van Jefferson, Michelle, and Matt Stafford. I don't, I don't see him being left out unless you're doing that. Um, McLaurin at 25% ownership. I know he's coming off the concussion, but 25% compared to some of these guys that are in the high 40s. I know Philly's been really good against receivers this year, but with Garrett Gilbert, you could see high targets. Like McLaurin can get there purely off of volume, especially a six foot and a half point underdogs. He it's it's scary because of the fact that it's Garrett Gilbert, but I just I don't see that big of a difference between him and Taylor Heineke. And we haven't projected a little bit more than Devontae Smith, but I'm not afraid of McLaurin in this slate at all. For sure. And someone said, remember when Renfro was a can't miss play yesterday? Yeah, Renfro is not cut, but no. Renfro was still an objectively good <laughs> option on, on that slate at that price. It's just the the better example is Justin Jefferson yesterday. Justin Jefferson was $8,500 yesterday. He scored 14.7 DraftKings points. Not good at all on a main slate. He was in the, the, the winning lineup. Still in the optimal. Know. Yeah. Because 14.7 on a two-game slate is huge, depending on what everybody else does. And that's where normally the fade would really help you for Justin Jefferson. You're still hurt by it. And that's what Cooper Cup captures tonight. So this is why I love our boom bust tool. And look, I'm not going to talk you off. If, you, if you're playing one lineup and you're playing it in the large field tournament and you just want to go crazy, go for it. But I think Jordan makes a great point. If you're doing that, you need to, to supplement. Or you, you need to, to go with full-out Rams. Other than, you, you have to because they're going to score points today. They're going to score points today. They have the highest implied total on the slate. They're going to score points. And if that's the case... You want they have what 26 and a half point implied total. You, you want to get to Beckham. You're going to want to get to guys like Jefferson. Hell, even if it's like a Kendall Blanton, which I would not suggest you get to a lot of, maybe he scores. Who knows? If it's not Cup, it's got to be some of those guys or Daryl Henderson. You know, you want to go with like receiver plus running back without Stafford. Fine, but they're a pass first team. Anyway, uh, the reason I love this boom bust tool is it gives you a decent idea of whether a guy's over-owned, under-owned, or appropriately owned. Well, Cooper Cup has the highest boom score, highest or lowest bust probability, and despite that ownership, he still has a higher likelihood of being in the optimal lineup. He has a positive leverage score as well, which when you have ownership close to 84%, it is not often you have someone that still has a positive leverage score uh, and is – has a likelihood of 85% probability of being in the optimal lineup. That's just crazy. All right. Ben, with guys like Devontae Smith and Jefferson and Beckham, I love Jefferson and Beckham today. I think Beckham's just too cheap. Devontae Smith, it's been a rough go lately, but with that secondary for Washington and his price point, you might just have to take some shots there. Because it gets ugly really, really quick once you get below Beckham. You're going to have to start looking at, like, Humphreys and Quez Watkins. And if Lockett's out, Swain's the obvious answer. But if he's mega chalk, then that's a, that's a bit of a risky proposition, too. Yeah, I mean, the floors for these guys is non-existent. But obviously, uh, again, on a slate like this, it's not going to take a ton. And, and with touchdown equity being so random at times, 
you're going to look to these mid-tier guys. I think Smith is totally fine, certainly. Uh, with the Eagles, if you want to be different, you could go to Quez Watkins or even, even I honestly, anyone who's out there, even someone like Rager, who's almost guaranteed to not be useful. Uh, it, you know, it, it's that kind of slate. And then you've got Washington. It feels like they carry 15 receivers on this team and they're all named Sims, which makes it even harder. But uh, I don't know exactly how low I want to go. I'm hoping that I can maybe try to do something different with like double tight end rather than try to find like a, a flat three K guy. I think it's pretty bad down here. Antoine says, this is a Rams letdown spot. They're not going to cover might even lose outright. Here, here's my name. Antoine, if you're going to, if you're going to have a hot take, you got to just say they're going to lose outright because not covering is a 50, 50 proposition. You know what I mean, Ben? Like it's the, it's a coin flip if they cover or not, really. Yeah, covering doesn't mean anything. But, yeah. I, I mean, I don't agree with that, but I like I, – I totally get where that's coming from. You can – if you think that Seattle money line is a nice slow price tonight and certainly divisional matchup, yeah, you're seeing upwards of plus 250 uh, for that. So, that's uh, if that's something you feel about, you can make some, some good money tonight if you're right. I don't think divisional spots are the worst places to take those kind of no. long-shot money line bets. Not at all. Like I said, Seattle obviously can win this game. I, I don't think they're going to, but uh, we see it time and time again in, in a tough spot like this. So, yeah, that's yeah. where money can be made. I like the Rams to win. I, I don't feel I, I don't have a, a good lean. I, I, in like, admittedly, as far as the the spread goes, but um, Seahawks plus six and a half. I mean, yeah, I don't mind getting in under a touchdown on that. Quite frankly, or I'm sorry, I. Uh, it's, what are the Rams minus six and a half? Seven. Are they seven now? Okay. I'm I think it's them. bouncing around, but I see seven. Yeah. All right. Any other wide receivers you want to hit on, Jordan? I mean, D. Eskridge, I think, with if Lockett is out, I know that Swain will take most likely Lockett's role, but Eskridge could take Swain's role and get into the 60% route run where you want him to be. And then I do like Quez Watkins. Um, he's second on this team in deep targets. He has the most deep yards. And Washington is the eighth worst team on 20-plus yard throws. So if you're going to the bottom of the barrel, I think those are the two receivers that I like the most. Okay. I just wanted to see if you could get him at seven because six and a half is not the number you're looking for. I was on looking on Odd Shopper just to see where the best spot was. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of sevens. You're yeah, right. There's sevens. Yep. There's a lot of sevens. So yeah, it, that's why you gotta shop around. If you're taking a, if you're just openly taking a six and a half over a seven with 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 very similar juice here, big mistake, Ben. 101, betting 101. Yeah, yeah I mean that's if you're doing that, you uh, I can just say confidently, long term you have no chance uh, no. of making a profit. That's the easiest, it's simple. You can just go to Achop or many, many other things and look, you got to get the best number available. And especially when you're talking about six and a half to seven, we all know how often a game lands on seven. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like when it comes to these key numbers, you have yes, to be huge. cognizant of that. Huge. Absolutely. And you, you don't even have to look around, just click on it. It'll tell you where it is and send you right over there yep. at Odd Shopper. Uh, Quez Watkins, I think just will they air one out to him? Maybe air a couple out to him. Definitely possible. He's playing a lot of snaps. Uh, Freddie Swain, again, if Lockett's out, he will be chalky, but he's super cheap. Uh, he's found the end zone a few times this season. Anybody else been at wide receiver before we hit on tight ends and wrap this baby up? No, I think that kind of covers it. The Seattle guys, you know, Lockett's going to determine how viable they really are. And then, again, I think there's a, a pool of guys that are in the quote-unquote showdown bucket where realistically they have almost no chance. But if they're on the field for a handful of plays, if one of them scores, that could be the, the spot down low. Uh, mix and match, very hard to decipher. I'm going to try to avoid them if I can. All right. We got 500 people watching, 99 likes. We're one like away from 100. Come on. One takes one single second to get us there. I know you guys just forgot. I don't hold it against you. But if you would please take that single second and hit that thumbs up and subscribe while you're at it, we'd be uh, – Really appreciative of that. All right, tight ends. Jordan, let's wrap this up. You want to talk about pure shit. I mean, this is bad. It's Dallas Goddard 
and then Everett and John Bates. And, and then you say, Oh, you know, maybe we'll just go all the way down. Let's go to, let's go to Will Disley or, or Kendall Blanton. It's, it's, it's rough on the tight end streets this week. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm interested to see what Ricky Seals Jones news is because I believe he's questionable for the game. And if, Billy's one thing they're bad at is guarding tight ends. They've given up 11 touchdowns to tight ends this year. No problem there. I just don't. I Gerald Everett and Will Disley are the most annoying tight ends. I feel like Gerald Everett shouldn't be playing at this point for that one game he had against the 49ers where he fumbled twice and caused was the reason for an interception. Um, it's definitely ugly. I think I'd just go with Disley over Everett and then one of the Washington tight ends for my player pool outside of Godair. Yeah. If, if I need salary and I'm not certain I will, I'll just go Disley. If it's one of the two, I'll go Everett. He's run three or twice as many routes as Disley has over the last three weeks. But as far as targets go, there's not that much separation lately, at least. And Everett, I think it was you, Ben, talking about Everett dropped like three passes and a touchdown a couple of games ago, too. So that doesn't bode great for him. No, but this is the one, obviously, you have to play a tight end. If for some reason Dallas Goddard doesn't have, you know, even a remotely good game, this is where it really could just become, it could come down to, you know, just picking the highest scoring raw points tight end amongst all of them. Because, you know, the difference between Gerald Everett and the min-priced guys, I don't think is is much. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see a lot of people have every other spot perfect. And then it just comes down to, who is truly the highest scoring tight end on this slate? I hear you. Yeah, Disley at 5%. Maybe you're right, guy. Maybe both of you are right. Like, you just screw it. Get Disley in there. Even if you have the additional salary, the, the difference in ownership is significant. All right, let's wrap it up with this. Defenses. I don't really care at this point. I mean, I played, I think I played three people against my defense in a couple lineups yesterday. Cause it doesn't even matter on a large field. If they ended up running back a touchdown and the Browns did have a couple opportunities, Renfro must muffed two punts. Right. And, and they recovered a fumble. They had a couple sacks. It, it's possible. And it's also possible that none, none of the defenses are, are good. So I, I prefer not to do that, but on a two game slate, if it's two players against my defense, it is what it is at, at some points. Three is a stretch. That was just straight crazy mode. But Ben, do you have anything here that you want to point out for defenses that you think could help from a strategic standpoint, or are you just going with whatever? I mean, I am just going with whatever, but I do think for non-mobile quarterbacks, particularly Stafford, that you can stack Stafford and use Seattle's defense and hope for he's done this multiple times this year where he's thrown a pick six and then all that does it makes Stafford throw the ball even more and there's just a chance that even if Seattle gives up 35 points if they have a couple turnovers which helps your stack they're still the highest scoring defense of the bunch right or they're around the highest scoring defense of the bunch and nobody does that that's the thing you're also killing dupes when you do that because who stacks their quarterback against their own defense that's what I did yesterday yeah I I do that a lot yeah. in showdown. Yeah. A two game slate's not entirely, it's different, but it's not crazy different in this sense, uh, Jordan. And it's one way to get away from, from everybody duping you, but um, it's possible that none of these defenses score a touchdown. So even the ones that only allow, you know, 10, 14 points still finish with like six fantasy points. You know what I mean? So you have to at least factor that into the range of outcomes. Yeah, I was going to mention the pick sixes with Stafford because Seattle at 2%, like that's a clear-cut way to get unique. And defense is what usually, even on like the smaller slates where you have the 4 p.m. only, difference between the top defense and the lowest defense is like three points. And if for whatever reason you're not leaving salary on the table, like Seattle's defense can be the optimal compared to Philly, who's obviously the most one of the most likely defenses, but it's – easy to just get Seattle and be different in this regard at 2% ownership. Yeah. If we win with this strategy today, we are shouting out one man, Ben, and you know who that is. Certainly would Laz, the original. Now he did that on the main slate, which is <laughs> extremely dangerous, but you know what? Uh, he was certainly the architect of that strategy. Running out like full of full blown stacks against his defense and winning $250,000. 
back to back weeks, I think, too. Yeah, that anyway. was a scene. Uh, yeah, G Sauce, can you explain why Sony Michelle cost more than Miles Sanders? They preemptively priced him up or never priced him back down uh, after the Daryl Henderson stuff. But anyway, this has been fun, fellas. Thank you for hanging out. As always, it's going to be a good slate tonight. We got live before lock. That will not be right before lock because you have an, uh, an NBA slate. So 4.30 to 5.30, tune in for Aton and Neil, who, I mean, Neil is the showdown and short slate king at this point breaking it all down, giving you all of the updates. Pay attention to news throughout the day. And if you're watching this after the fact, hit us with a comment down below. Shout out to Tyler Xander for producing. Ben, follow you at DFS. Quick question here. What do you got going on for football and everything else throughout the rest of the week? Yeah, certainly, obviously, mostly focused over on the Awesome Odds channel. If you love betting content, got videos going up there talking about the Parlay Builder and Same Game Parlays, which have truly... I mean, swept the industry. All you hear about is same game parlays. So a ton there, obviously college football. If you want those picks, hop in our discord. Me and Matt G dropped all our bowl picks in there. Uh, it's been a good run, Lafay. I know you've been hopping on board. We're going to keep it rolling today. Love it. What about you, Jordan? Got a prize pick show actually at 3 p.m. today with Matt. Going to break down some of the early betting or props that you can get on prize picks. And then next week we got to, we'll get our first look again. Yes, sir. All right. Follow me at Lafayette underscore D. I'm at Jordan Vanek DFS, Jazz Raz DFS, and we'll catch you back here for the next one. Peace.